Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Suspense. Tonight, Roma Wines bring you Mr. Elliot Reed as star of Return Trip, a suspense play produced, edited, and directed for Roma Wines by William Spear. Suspense, radio's outstanding theater of thrills, is presented for your enjoyment by Roma Wines. That's R-O-M-A, Roma Wines. Those excellent California wines that can add so much pleasantness to the way you live, to your happiness and entertaining guests, to your enjoyment of everyday meals. Yes, right now a glass full would be very pleasant as Roma Wines bring you Elliot Reed in a remarkable tale of... Suspense! Nurse? Yes. There's someone to see you. Yeah? This is Superintendent Andrews of the state institution. Oh. What... What do you got there? I've uh, set up a dictaphone out in the hall. Uh, careful of the wire, nurse, when you close the door, please. The doctor said... Yes, yes, I'll make it as brief as possible. Uh, you may go now, nurse. Very well. Uh, do you mind if I uh, hook up this microphone at the head of the bed? Suit yourself, fella. Well, it was a choice between a dictaphone and a stenographer, and I figured that in your condition... I don't feel too bad. Well, go on, ask your questions. Now, I I understand you were driving the bus. Uh, tell me what happened. You mean I can tell it in my own way? That's right. Great. I had an uncle once, you know, that was a writer. He wouldn't have gone near this kind of a story, though, with a ten-foot pen. No, he went in for happy endings. <laughs> Uncle Mort wouldn't even have liked the beginning of this one. Kind of dreary-like up there at the asylum that afternoon. You remember, there'd been quite a snowfall the week before. And far as the eye could see, everything was a dirty gray. Like a corpse that's been waiting too long for the undertaker. Well, around four o'clock, it got so dark, the lights had to be turned on in the asylum. And then the wind started moaning like a lonely banshee. Fine day for a murder, as the fella said. Well, there were three passengers sitting in the bus when I went outside for the return trip. Two men and a woman. Maybe I ought to call her a girl, because she wasn't really much more than that. Anyway, these three passengers all had return tickets, and I went down the aisle collecting them. Tickets, please. Can I have your tickets, please? Driver, 
Driver, how soon do we start? Right away, miss. But we're two minutes late already, driver. Oh, these little jerkwater bus lines never keep to their schedules. Now we'll never get out of these mountains before that blizzard lets loose. Can I have your ticket, please, mister? You really think there'll be a storm? Why, sure, sure, it can't fail. And, lady, when they have snow up in these godforsaken mountains... Well, this morning on the bus coming up, a man was telling me... Well, here we go, folks. bag was sitting right across the aisle from the girl, second row from the front. Halfway back in the bus sat the third passenger, all huddled up in his overcoat. He didn't open his trap. Well, that was the picture as we swung out onto the highway for the return trip. This guy in back of me seemed to be itchy to start a conversation with somebody as soon as we got rolling. Well, uh, might as well get acquainted, miss. <laughs> 50 miles before we get down to civilization, you know. Uh, John Willard is the name. I said, what? uh... Oh, I I beg your pardon. Were you speaking to me? Well, uh, yes. I'm afraid I, I was... Yeah, sure, sure. These visits to the asylum, they're always depressing, aren't they? Well, the, this is my first time. Oh? Uh, some friend? My husband. Husband? Oh, well, now, that's too bad. I, I hope he... Hey, what's that? Some kind of a siren. Yeah, that's the asylum alarm, all right. The driver, what? One of the inmates must be playing hide and seek with the keepers. Happens every once in a while. Gosh, what if it's my brother? Oh? He the busting out kind? Well, it kind of upsets him to see one of the family, but then if we don't come to see him, it upsets him even more. I see what you mean. Do they. do they always catch them? Well, they tell me the place has never lost a customer yet. Oh. You know, a moment ago, I. I was praying that it wasn't Jim, but now I don't know. Even if they had to... Well, I mean, it would it would be better than seeing him as he was today. Any, anything would be better listen, than... Listen, listen. Hey, that's a police siren. Sounds like they're almost on top of us. Yes, there they are. There they are. Look out. Look out. They're going to pass us. Pass nothing. They're flagging me down. All right. Just keep your seats, everybody. <laughs> they're guards. With rifles. Hey, we're... Uh... We're looking for somebody. Yeah, we heard the asylum alarm. Is someone... Uh, Seen anyone along the road? Not even a jackrabbit. Officer, who escaped? Greg, Albert Greg. Oh. What a relief. Hey, Holly, take yourself a walk down the aisle and keep your rifle ready when you look behind those back seats. Are you kidding? When was this coming out party? I don't know. Maybe as much as a couple of hours ago. Does this Greg have a gun? Can't guarantee he hasn't. But it was a file that sprung him. A tiny steel file. He must have been working away at the bar since the day he was committed, a month ago. His stay was short. Nobody back here. Okay, now, check the gents for identification. You know how it is, driver. You can't take chances. Oh, of course not. Here's mine. Huh? Oh, okay, driver. Uh, your name, Frank Keniston? You can read, can't you? <laughs> Friendly cuss, ain't you? You know, that's the first peep that passenger has let out. I was beginning to think he was a deaf mute. Yeah? Well, uh, here, driver, you can have this stuff back. Oh, thanks. John Willard? Uh, yes, sir. Okie doke. Come on, Denton, let's scram. We gotta find Greg before he finds anybody. Yeah. Hey, driver, you can turn around now and go back. Go back? Go back? Why? Oh, no, no. This Greg is a killer. What I mean is, when the mood strikes him, he strikes. Well, what's that got to do with us turning back? Didn't I tell you this man kills even without reason? Now he's got plenty of reason. He's got to get out of these mountains, but quick. If he's down the road, there are lots of ways he could stop a bus. I say turn back. But that prisoner's liable to break any minute now. 
We could be snowbound up here for days. And if I have to spend a, another, even a, a night, one night in that asylum, so help me, they'd have to keep me there. Oh, listen, driver, listen just to me, please. Just a second, Mr. Willard. You're just one passenger. There are three. Now, let's take a vote. What about you, miss? I, I'd... Whatever you say. Mr. Uh, Keniston? I say keep going. That settles it. Hurry up, Denton. Wait a minute. Uh, what, what does this killer Greg look like? Uh, well, description says uh, slight build, weight about 140. Uh, dark hair, brown eyes, 27 years old. Uh, Denton, get the lead out of your britches. Yeah, but you know, I still... Th- we warned him, didn't we? Now, if they meet up with him, it's their funeral. Yeah. Well, we can take care of ourselves, fellas. After the guards left, I really set that bus to rolling. Out of the mirror up above the driver's seat, I could see that the girl was plenty scared. But she had nerve, I'll say that for her. When we slid around some of those snowbank curves, her lips would be drawn so tight the lipstick had a white border. But she didn't say boo. Willard, the windbag across the aisle from her, gave up trying to draw her into a conversation. And as for the third passenger, that English guy, Keniston, sitting halfway towards the back there, he kept acting like a clam afraid of losing its oyster. Might as well have had a lockjaw, if you get what I mean. Well, we hadn't gone more than another mile or two before the wind started to rise and kept it up until you'd have thought all the devils in hell were trying to break loose. It got black as the inside of a tomb until the snow started to fall. But with that wind whipping it around, it didn't exactly fall. Mister, that's what I call a blizzard. This is getting on my nerves. What have we got here anyway, a collection of zombies? Somebody say something! Uh, I was just going to say... You were going to say that the weather is rough. Yeah, and she can say that again. That isn't what I was going to say. No? What then, lady? It, it, It occurred to me why the guards asked for identification. Huh? The description of Killer Greg. Slight build, 140 pounds, dark hair, brown eyes, 27 years old. So what? It's a a remarkable thing. That description would fit you, Mr. Willard. Huh? Oh? And Mr. Keniston, too. What's that? Me? That's a peculiar thing, isn't it, driver? Yeah. Come to think of it, both of them could fit that description. And I've also heard that he's got a very soft face... Almost like a woman. What do you think, Mr. Keniston? I don't happen to feel like talking. Yeah? Well, personally, I think uh, the more I think of what she said, the more remarkable it becomes. Yeah, she's got something there. Only remarkable isn't the word. What do you mean, Mr. Willard? This man, Greg, may be insane, but he's not dumb. Now, put yourself in his place. He knows he hasn't got a ghost of a chance making a getaway in the asylum clothing, see? So he borrows the wardrobe and identification of some stranger. Do you follow me? We're way ahead of you, Willard. It, it wouldn't be difficult for a killer. I should say not. But that still isn't the end of his problem, see? He's fighting against time. Yes. He's got to get out of these godforsaken mountains down to civilization before they can throw a noose around the whole area. And he knows, he knows if he's brought back alive, he'll be wearing a straitjacket until he's old as Methuselah. You've got quite an imagination, Willard. Yeah? Well, thanks. Now, the odds that Greg will be able to get himself transportation are mighty slim, except... Except for this bus line. So let's suppose... You've got a great imagination, all right. You got it all figured out. A bit too fat, if you ask me. Remember, please, sir, 
You're the one who was so dead set against turning back. Really, Kenniston? Well, I'll leave it to the lady here and the driver. Do I act like a lunatic? Huh? Well? Search me. There were times, long periods of time, when Jim didn't either. My husband, I mean. That was the terrible part of it. He'd be, he'd be just like the old days, and we'd be so happy together, and then, and then all of a sudden, just without warning, he, he... Oh, I heard of lots of cases like that. Well, they tell me that sometimes it takes half a dozen of those uh, special doctors, those... Uh... Psychiatrists? Yeah, psychiatrists. Yeah, well, sometimes they got to put a person under a microscope and study them for a long time before they can be sure, uh, one way or the other. <laughs> and many's the time they make mistakes. Well, I heard it one time when... Shut up! Nobody's going to talk like that about me. It's Kennison that's been acting crazy. And I'll bet it wouldn't take a half a dozen psychiatrists to... What's that? Huh? An avalanche! An avalanche! Well, it's coming down! avalanche struck, I just sat there gripping the steering wheel, sort of stunned. There wasn't a sound except for the wind, and that was muffled by the snow barrier that packed us in. Even on the far side, the bus was buried up to the middle of the windows. Well, all this was only a matter of seconds, I suppose. And then suddenly the quiet was broken by the most gosh-awful racket. It, it was as if somebody had up and given the signal for my passengers to go completely nuts. Get me out of here! Get me out of here! Look out! We don't cut an axe! The axe! Take it away from me! Let go of it! Well, let go of that axe! No! Or I'll... No! Oh. <sighs> that did it. He's the one. He's the one! Lucky I saw him get that fire axe. It's what the district attorney likes to call a... A lethal weapon. And then some. Uh, Step back. He's coming, too. Tie him up. You'll find a rope in the dashboard compartment. Get it for me. Driver, I'll report you for this. You will, huh? I was going to smash your window so we could get out of here. Oh, yeah? Sure. What did you think I... Oh. Oh, so that's it, huh? Here's the rope, driver. Now, look uh, here. Wait a minute. You can't do this. You can't tie me up, you fools. I'm not killer, Greg. May maybe he isn't. Maybe. But like that guard said, we can't take chances. If you're innocent, mister, you can prove it to the authorities. If we ever live that long, have you forgotten we're trapped here by an avalanche and a blizzard that could go on and on and on? Just the same... <laughs> this is ridiculous. Hey, miss, are you feeling all right? No, I'm not crazy, driver. But I guess I was a little. Actually, there's no proof that, that Killer Greg is on this bus. Well, if you put it that way... It's all I... my fault, and I'm sorry. My my only excuse is that I was just so upset by seeing Jim, my husband. Well, I still say No, that... no, no. Now, now we've got to start acting like rational human beings. Let, let poor Mr. Willard up from the floor. Thanks, lady. Well, all right. But I'm warning you, Willard, no funny stuff. Oh, snap out of it, driver, will you? We've got to get out of this mess. Hand me that axe. Do I look that dumb? Oh, oh, all right, all right. Then use it yourself. Smash your window so we can crawl out. Will it? Even you don't look that dumb. What makes you think the windows won't open? Huh? Then open one. What for? To let in the blizzard? But we've got to get out of here, driver. Not me. 
It would take a bear to make even a city block in that windswept hell. But we can't stay here. Why not? We're not freezing yet. The driver's right. Our best chance is to sit pat until the storm lets up. Yeah, but what if it doesn't, huh? What if it lasts longer than we do? What then, huh? What then? What Shut then? up! Blowing your top won't do any good, Willard. Nobody's ever confused me with Pollyanna. But things could be worse. This is as good an igloo as any, and if and when the weather clears, well, we can send out a party for help. Or maybe a road-clearing crew will come to our rescue. Yes. Yes, I I suppose that, that's the sane thing to do. Wait here. How about you, Willard? You also decided to do the sane thing? I don't like that crack. You one more like it? Look, we're not starting that again. Now, it's going to be a long night, and we might just as well make ourselves comfortable and try to get some sleep. (laughs) Sleep. Cut it out. Now, miss, you take the back seat. It's the only one that runs the full width of the bus. You can use your lap robe for a quilt. All right, driver. I, I want to apologize again to everyone for the way I behaved. I... Casting suspicion. Forget it. You need any help? No, thanks. I just don't know what came over me starting that idiotic talk. Please believe that I did. Why? What's the matter? Why are you staring at the floor? Well, say something. Look. Look. File. Tiny steel file. The one that Greg... After the avalanche hit, there was a mad scramble. One of you lost it then. One of you is Greg. Killer Greg! Let me out of here! We just let her wear herself out, kicking and banging on the door. Nobody said a word. Willard and Keniston just stared at me and at each other. By and by, the girl stopped her fussing, and then she stood and stared at the three of us in rotation. It would have made your flesh crawl. Outside, the blizzard was getting worse, if possible. Finally, I reached into the watch pocket of my pants and brought out the old timepiece. What? What time is it, driver? I broke the crystal. It still says a quarter of four. It's it's 5.30. Only an hour and a half since we started out. An hour and a half. 5.30 in the afternoon. The very best we're stuck until morning. 14. 16 hours. Might as well be forever. Look, miss, we just got to make the best of it. I still think you ought to go back to the rear seat. And sleep? If you can. Willard, the driver and myself will be keeping a rather close eye on each other. In the light of recent develops, developments, you, you'll be all right. Here, driver, give me that axe. Huh? Let her have it for her protection. Sure. Sure, let her have it. Yes. Yes, give it to me. Okay. You holding on to the file, too? Of course she is. The file could also be a lethal weapon. Well, she took the axe and the file back to the rear seat with her, and we all sat down to wait. Those were the longest seconds of the longest minutes of the longest hours that ever... Well, somehow it got to be nine o'clock, ten, eleven. Finally, it was midnight. Ever fought against sleep? With the cold numbing you and the wind lulling you. Sometimes even the fear of sudden death can't win against those odds. Time and again, the girl's eyes would close just for a second. 
and then they stayed closed longer. And her head nodded and her body slumped over against the corner of the seat. I got up and started down the aisle. Where are you going? Shh, Kenneth. Can't you see she's asleep? Where are you going? Her lap robe slipped to the floor. I was going to pick it up and cover her so she wouldn't freeze. Any objections? I'll do it. Oh, no, you won't. Go ahead, driver. You see, Keniston? Willard thinks I should do it. That makes it two to one. Help me! Help me with this wild cat! Get that file away from her before she jabs my eyes out! She was like a devil on a pinwheel. And I was lucky to tear loose before she did any more than nick me about the face. Afterwards, when Willard told her what I was up to, she apologized. But I didn't go near her again all the rest of that night. Well, about five o'clock, the blizzard stopped. And at seven, the sun managed to break through. Then we held a council of war. We can't send out for help. Why not? Don't you see, Mr. Willard? If we split up the men, whichever of you is Greg would have too good an opportunity. Whether he goes or stays. You could go... Alone. I'd never make it. We could all go together. How about that, driver? Well, no, I'd, I'd rather stick with a bus, Keniston. But before we decide anything, let's get out and look around. We got a window open on the far side of the bus and crawled through. The girl first. She was still clutching the axe and the fire. Here. Come here and look. What? Another few yards and we'd have escaped the avalanche entirely. We can shovel our way out. I'm sure we can there were two shovels in the tool compartment at the tail guard of the bus. That only let two men shovel at a time, with the third man getting a breather meanwhile. It took a lot of shoveling. What's the matter, driver? Hurt your hand? Oh, nothing much. This feels good to take off those stiff leather gloves. Nasty blisters you got on that right hand. I'm a thumbing. Sing are you shoveling or talking? We'll never get out of here at this rate. It's your turn anyway. I'm tired. Not as tired as Willard looks. I'll relieve him. No. No, that's all right. I can keep going yet for a while. Okay, then. Keniston? Yeah. Let me take a turn. I know I won't be much help, but I can at least try. No, 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 no. You're mountain guard. Though I'm sure you could do as well as Keniston. Keniston. Where's Keniston? Well, he's right... Stop him! Keniston was making a mad dash through the snow. Willard dropped his shovel and tore after him. I yelled for Willard to let him go, but I don't think he even heard me. For a while, it looked like Keniston was going to make it. But then he floundered and fell in a snow drift. And before he could get underway again, Willard nailed him. Oh, no, you're no. Well, he'll stay put for a while. What'd you do, knock him out? Well, what else was there to do? Is he? Oh. I know all the time it was Keniston. You think his, his running away proves it? It's the same as if he confessed. He knew it was his last and only chance. What, what are we going to do with him now? Tie him up. Then we're getting him in the bus out of here. Say, say, I wonder, I wonder if there's a reward. time at all, we had the bus clear and headed for civilization. Those snow-covered mountain roads weren't exactly my idea of a speedway, but I gave my motor the gun. Willard and the girl didn't take their eyes off Keniston. I 
I kept watching him, too, out of the mirror over the driver's seat. He looks like he's coming, too. Don't worry, driver. Those knots I made in the rope won't give. Besides, I'm keeping the axe handy just in case. He's opening his eyes. Watch him now. Watch him. Uh, yes, watch me. And listen to me, too. Shut up, Keniston. I'll stop this bus and put you out for good. Not before I've had my say. Willard and you, too, lady. Why do you think I tried to make a break for it? Because you You're are... killer, Greg. You fools. You blind, stupid fools. Was it my watch that had this crystal smashed at the quarter to four yesterday afternoon? So it was mine. So what? At a quarter to four yesterday afternoon, Killer Greg waylaid the real driver of this bus and took his place. What? That's how the crystal came to be broken. Shut up, Kennison. You can't talk your way out of this. It, it, it could be a coincidence. Sure, sure. That's what I thought, too. Coincidence. Until I noticed the blisters on the thumb and first two fingers of the right hand. A file would make blisters like that. A file held in the right hand of Killer Greg. Look at it. Look at him. It's true. Greg. Greg! Don't come a step closer, any of you. You make the slightest move and I'll crash the whole lot of us. Don't do it, Greg. Stop the bus. We won't do anything. It was a perfect plan. It had to work. If only that avalanche hadn't come along. But I'll still make it. I'll make it even if I have to... Get out! Then get The bus and the glass all smashed. Everybody was all mangled. And... All right, all right. Go to sleep now. Sleep? Who can go to sleep? Who can go to sleep? Anyway, I outlived those three. <laughs> Killer Greg. Suspense Presented by Roma Wines R-O-M-A Made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. This is Truman Bradley for Roma Wines. These days are hard to get meat and butter. And now, tonight's presentation of radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. Tonight... We bring you the story of three convicts on a road gang in Florida who planned the perfect escape through the Everglades. We call it Quiet Night. So now, starring Stacey Harris, here is tonight's suspense play, Quiet Night. We listened for it every night, right after lights out. Then it'd be there. Passing over us, headed across the Everglades toward Miami. For a moment, it was like having somebody come and see you on visitor's day. Only when you're on a road gang, you don't get no visitors. The 
There were 80 of us in that camp on the edge of the mangrove swamp. Every night we'd quiet down and listen to that airplane. Wondering about the people up there, where they'd been, where they were going, and wishing we were going with them. Then it'd be gone. But I'd feel good just knowing other people would hear it. People across the swamp over in Lakeland. They'd hear it about six minutes after we did. George. George Upshaw, wake up. George. Oh, mother. Honestly, George, if you're so all fired sleepy, why don't you take your clothes off and go to bed? I can't yet. Haven't checked the jail. Seems to me that'll be Bert's job. That's what a deputy's for, isn't it? Keep the sheriff from running himself to death? Bert does his share. When? If he wasn't your nephew, he'd starve to death. Hand me my hat, mother. George, you know what Doc Lang told you. You gotta start taking it easy. I will, I will. So long. George? Why? Remember how you used to kiss me whenever you left the house? Well, we were younger then, mother. People our age don't... Never mind. Go on. What's eating you, Martha? Oh, I don't know. Maybe it was here in the plane coming over from Havana. Remember when we took it home from our vacation? That was nine years ago. They'd have a new plane by now. We haven't had so much fun since. We ought to get away for a few days. Maybe go to St. Petersburg and just sit on the benches for a spell. We will one of these days. One of these days. Well, if you're going to jail, hurry up about it so you can get home and get your rest. It took the plane less than four minutes to cover the 12 miles between the sheriff's farm and the parking lot next to the county courthouse. <clears throat> Lousy, stinking mosquitoes. Want to put the wind up? No. No, it's too hot. Bert, we ought to get out of here. Can't, honey. I'm on duty. I don't mean tonight. I mean get away from Lakeland for good. Where are you figuring on going? Oh, up to Jacksonville, over in New Orleans. Nah. Wouldn't work. Now, what makes you talk like that? You? Me? If you didn't settle down. I wouldn't do what your husband did, but... I wouldn't stay around you for two seconds. Honey, I never loved Harry. And you shouldn't have married him. I had to. I hated my folks. Harry got me away from them. How old were you? Almost 17. Bert, I wrote Harry today. Oh? I told him I wanted a divorce so I could marry somebody else. You will marry me, won't you? <laughs> I'd like to see somebody try to stop me. The night the plane didn't come over was the night that Harry showed Fats and me the letter. We figured the plane was late, held back by the wind or something, so we waited, listening. And while we waited, Harry had me read his letter. You through, Joe? Yeah. What'd you think? It's tough. Let me read it, Harry. Later, Fats. Listen to this, Joe. He's a wonderful man. I'm sure he'll treat me good. 
How do you like that? It's tough, Harry. Well, what'd you expect, Harry? No woman can wait ten Why, years. Why, you fuzzy Quiet, little... Quiet, you guys. Listen. You hear it, Jeffers? Well, uh, I thought I did. I, I guess not. She sure turned out to be an ever-loving wife, didn't she? Makes me wonder if I did right killing Red Simmons. Maybe it should have been her. You could still do it, Harry. We get enough money, we're making a break. Ain't that right, Pats, I told you before, don't talk about it, huh? <laughs> We'd sure surprise her. Any of you guys got the makings? Yeah, yeah. Just don't forget where you got them, huh? Thanks. Hey, uh, hey, Harry. Yeah? You know that picture you got of her? You, you know, the one where she's uh, wearing shorts? Yeah. Well, uh, I was just thinking... You don't want it no more now. Why don't you why don't you give it to me, huh? Okay, Harry? What would you do with it, Fence? Oh, nothing. Just I ain't got no family, and I could sort of make like she's kinfolk. You know what I mean, Harry? I know what you mean. Well? No. No. You guys, you, you ain't got no feelings. Here's your tobacco, Joe. Thanks. That's okay, Jeffers. Joe... That plane ever been late before? Not since I've been here. And I'm getting nervous. Where do you suppose it's at? Alice Michaels, stewardess, Miami. John D. Erickson, Atlanta. Martha, why don't you turn that thing off? Do they know what went down yet? One of the CAA men spotted about 30 miles this side of Sable Light, right in the middle of that cypress swamp. How are you going to get to it? Walk. Only way we can. George! Now, Martha, don't worry. Bert's going with me. We'll have plenty of help. From where? Who's going to help? We're taking four or five trustees from that road gang. They're closer to it than anybody else. They going to help you walk, Joe? No, Martha. You know what Doc Lang said? You aren't to exert yourself. I'll be all right. I swear I don't understand why it's your place to go at all. Martha, as long as I'm the sheriff of this county, it's my job. When will you be back? I don't know. Depends on how long it takes us to get in there. Yes, there's Bert with the truck. <laughs> Bye, hon. Be careful, Joe. I will. Before we'd finished our grits, we'd heard what had happened to the plane. By 9.30, we were sitting in the back of the county sheriff's truck, bumping over an oyster shell road headed west toward the Gulf. The sheriff and his deputy had picked Harry, Jeffers, Fats, and me because we knew the swamps. And because we were trustees. After about half an hour, they stopped the truck. We piled out. All right, you man. All right, knock it off. Sheriff wants to say something. From now on, we'll walk as fast as we can. When we reach the plane, we'll clear the trees and brush so a helicopter can get in to carry out the bodies. Any question? Sheriff, how far is that plane from here? About ten miles southeast. Something bothering you, mister? Just thinking. Ten miles of swamp can be a long way. Sheriff, how we go about finding it? The plane from Lakeland will drop a smoke part on it in about five hours. It'll burn long enough to guide us in. 
Anything else? What are we going to clear those trees out with? There's a cross cut and a hand saw and an axe in the truck. You want to say something, Bud? Yeah. I'm not turning loose this shotgun at no time. First man even looks like he's thinking about a break gets it right in the gut. All right, grab the saw. Hey, you, fat boy. Oh, yes, sir. You towed the axe. We're off some of that blubber. Yes. A little rough on them, weren't you, Bert? They are trusties. Maybe three of them. I ain't seen their records. But not Harry Bryan. You know what he did. Yeah, a lot of men might have done the same thing. We've never been in that kind of situation. Well, I'll tell you this. A road boss can call him a trusty all he wants. It ain't gonna cut no ice with me. We started then, single file. With the sheriff leading and the deputy behind us. Like he thought we'd be crazy enough to run. (laughs) Even if we did get clean away, where'd we go without money? We really moved along until we hit swamp. Then every step we took, our boots went in up to our ankles. Getting our feet free, out in front of us again was like walking up a hill. Joe. Yeah. Look at the sheriff. What about him? He's going to drop most any time. He's sick, Joe. Gone, sheriff. Drop. Drop, sheriff. Drop, drop, drop. Uh, drop. Uh, what happened? Right here, sir. Here, take a break, you men. Fall out. Fats, Harry. And your back's up against this tree. Oh. Sheriff's got the deputy worried. What guy's unloosening his collar for him? Yeah. Hey, any you guys hungry yet? No. Uh, I think I'll eat one of them sandwiches. Joe, hmm? you've been thinking about that plane? No, I don't like to think about things like that. I just hope I can forget them. I've been thinking about it, Harry. You know, every night when it used to come over, I, I sort of imagined I was on it. And the stewardess was being nice to me, bringing me my food and all. <laughs> Boy, she was sure pretty. I mean, at least I oh, thought Shut she up, Fat. Stop talking about it, will you? Joe, that uh, plane was carrying lots of things besides people. Maybe. No. No, maybe. That was a big plane. Four motors. A plane like that carries mail, packages, sometimes real valuable stuff like uh, money being shipped from one bank to another. Yeah, 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 Harry. And uh, what's been holding us up? Money. It's no good, Harry. You crazy? Why not? How are we going to keep the sheriff or the deputy from seeing us? Well, there are four of us. They can't watch all of us at the same time. Come on, Joe. It's what we've been waiting for, ain't it? Tell him it's what we've been waiting for, Harry. He knows it. I don't need to tell him. Well, I guess we got nothing to lose. <laughs> okay, Harry. Okay. Knock it off. Come the deputy. You. What's your name? Joseph McGuire. What are you doing? Eight to ten, armed robbery, second offense. You? Uh, Henry Fats Carver. Offense? Oh, sir, it was a misunderstanding. I know you're innocent. 
Yes, sir. I'm sure glad. Never mind, never mind. All right, I know you, Harry. You. Mm. What's your name? Paul Jeffers, sir. Offense? Burglary. First offense. You think you can find your way back to the truck? Why, yes, sir. I think so. All right. Go on over to the sheriff. He's sick. You're taking him back, and don't you rush. Do it easy, yeah? Yes, sir. The rest of us are going on. Fats, you're going to lead. Well, how I know which way to go, sir? I got the compass now. I'll tell you. Joe, you follow Fats. And Harry, you and me, we'll bring up the rear. <laughs> started again. There are only four of us now. Fats, Harry, me, and the deputy. Three of us against one of him. We didn't say anything. We didn't need to. But we were waiting. Waiting for that one moment when he'd take his hands off that shotgun. Then it came. Okay. Okay, Fats, hold it up. You men see smoke rising off ahead? No, not yet. Hey, Mr. Deputy, can't somebody else carry this here act? No. Joe. Yeah, Harry. Uh, sir, uh, are you sure we're headed in the right direction? I'm sure. He's not so sure. Look at him, Joe. Yeah, I know. He's going to reach in his pocket for that compass. Fats. There he goes. Now, Fats. Now! The gun, Harry! Get the gun! But Harry didn't need the shotgun. Fats had used the axe. I picked up the compass and we turned away to the southeast. Something bothering you, Joe? Huh? I don't know. I I was just thinking. About was it the plane? Oh, I was thinking about that deputy. Don't feel bad about him. He was itching to use this here shotgun on us. Yeah, that's right. I just don't know. You suppose he had a family? Him? <laughs> Who'd marry something like him? Hey, 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 you guys, what's hey! The what's the matter? Well, look at it! Wait, what? It's smoke! Black smoke! It's the plane! Come on! Come on, it's the plane! Come on! <laughs> are listening to Quiet Night, tonight's presentation in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. For a good time tomorrow during the day, don't miss the goings-on when it's Arthur Godfrey time. Remember, every Monday through Friday, you can join those gifted fun makers over most of these same stations. And now we bring back to our Hollywood soundstage Stacy Harris, starring in tonight's production, Quiet Night, a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. We were heading for that thin stream of black smoke rising out of the swamp that marked the position of the fallen plane. 
Ahead of us in a straight line about 200 yards long and 50 wide, the tops of the trees have been neatly sheared off by the wings. And then we saw it. Parts of the plane were scattered about in the mud as far as we could see. The wings had burned, but nothing else. The cabin was in two sections, with the larger section dead ahead of us. We climbed up into it. Joe, you ever been in a plane like this? Once? Yeah, when? When I was trying to get out of the country. You know where they'd keep mail and stuff like that? I think so. I think it'll be up front, mm-hmm. about where the pilot sits. Well, maybe in here somewhere, huh? Yeah, I think so. Let, let's take a look at it. Watch your head, Joe. All right. haven't seen anything this bad since the Navy. You in the Navy? For you. Just for you. Well, it wouldn't take me. I got a bad knee. I tried to get in, but on account of this bad knee of mine, they just didn't Here it is, me. Harry. Come on, let's get it out of here. Okay. Come on, let's grab a hold of one of these here bags. Boy, this thing's... This... It's a helicopter. Come on. Oh, what about this mailbag? Get it later. Come on. Grab the axe, Fats. Hurry over here. Right. Now, Fats, get busy chopping on that tree. Go on. Right. Come on, Harry. Where is he? Can you see him? No, not yet. The tree's too thick. He's going to have to get right over us. Here he comes. Now, act natural. Tell him to jump, Fats. Smile. Wave to him. That's it. Now, I'll give you the smile. Smile. Hey. 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 think he's looking for that deputy? I hope not. What are we so worried about? He can't land. No, but he can use that radio of his. If he thinks something's wrong, they'll come after us before we get a chance to get out of the swamp. Here he comes again. Well, he's planning on us making a clearing so he can land. He's got a long wait. How much out of that mailbag, Joe? 482. Not bad. Well, why don't we look in that other part? Maybe we'll find some more stuff. In a minute, Fats. Altogether, we got about 1,500. That'll get us to Cuba. From there, we can work our way down to South America. When do you think we'll get there, Harry? A mm, couple of weeks, Fats. We can rent a boat in Lakeland. A friend of mine's got one. Now, that's providing we get across to Lakeland tonight. Yeah. How far is Lakeland from here? Mm. 15, 20 miles. I'm tired. How come we got to make it all in one night? Because that helicopter will be back in the morning, and when there's no place for him to land, he's going to know what's happened. Oh. We better leave in about an hour. Hey, we got any more of them sandwiches left? Nah, nothing. You're so hungry, Fats, why don't you take a look in the galley? In the what? The galley. Oh, over there, in the uh, tail section. The stewardess usually keeps the food back in there. Okay, I'll go take a look. Cigarette, Joe? No. Uh, Tailor made? I don't want one, Harry. Okay. Oh, here. Uh, let me give you your you share. Keep it. What? Keep it, I said. I don't want it. What's the matter with you? I don't know. I'm getting fed up with everything. Us, this place, fats, you, everything. Now, 
You'll feel better when we get on that boat to Cuba. Hey, hey, you guys. Now what? Yeah? Come here, quick. What? What is it? Take a look in here. Look. There's a young kid. Got her. Let me see. This kid's alive. You crazy. How could he be? I don't know, but look at him. Probably so messed up inside, he won't live long. Well, you can't tell. Kids like this are strong. They take a lot, bounce back hard. What you reckon we should do about him? Nothing. Just just walk away from him. Huh? Just forget he's here? Well, what else can we do? Are you a doctor? Or am I? You don't look like he's hurt so bad, he ain't bleeding. If we're going to get to Lakeland before morning, we can't fool around with him. Pats, take this rag outside, dip it some water, will you? So you put a cloth on his head. What are you, Joe? Some kind of healer? You got a magic cloth? Go on, cloth? Fats. Do it, huh? Come on, Harry. Help me straighten him out. Come on. Take it easy. Hand me that blanket behind. Okay. Joe. I'm not leaving this kid, Harry. What? I told you how I felt about things before. I'm fed up. I would have gone, but not... Well, I can't now. But, Joe, you're the one that's been talking escape. You stood by while we killed the deputy. All right. Now you watch. All right. Now, all of a sudden, you get religion. Why? This kid, that's why. This kid dies, he'd be just the same as if he were with barrels of that shotgun right in his face and pulled the trigger. Now, how do you figure that? Because if that helicopter had a place to land, he'd be in a hospital by now. That's how. Hey, guys. Sun's starting to go down. Give me that rag. Hey, maybe I can help, Joe. Let me see his Get eyes. out of here, will you? Now, go on, both of you. Get out. I'll give you half an hour. Then you're coming with us. And Joe, what is it? Don't you worry about it. That kid will be dead by then. But the kid didn't die. And in a few minutes, his breathing came easier, like he knew he wasn't alone anymore. I looked through his clothes for some kind of identification, but there wasn't any. Not even his flight ticket stub or baggage check. He'd been traveling with somebody. His father, or mother, or, or both. But he would live. Yeah. Yeah, I'd get him to a hospital in time, and someday... Well, someday he'd know what I'd done for him. Nice dream, and then the half hour was up. Joe! I'm over here, Harry. You notice the sky? It's clouding up. Yeah, I notice it's gonna rain. We're leaving, Joe. Well, go ahead. You're coming with us. We can't let you stay, Joe. They'll be here in the morning. You'll tell them where we've gone. Now, you know me better than that, Harry. Sure. Not even if they promise you a pardon, huh? I'm not going with you, Harry. Now, you and Fats can... Where's Fats? Where is he, Harry? Fats? Fats? Hey, Joe, come on! He's doing it for you, Joe. For you! Fats! What did you do to the kid? Now, Joe. Joe, I didn't do nothing to him. Harry told me to, but I didn't. No, don't hit me, Joe. Please, no, I don't. That's enough, Joe. Cut it out. You, you put him up to killing the kid, huh, Harry? It's for your own good, Joe. For our good. 
We gotta stick together. No. Not now, not after this. You got a choice? I think so. Against this shotgun. It's clouding up outside, Harry. You can't make Lakeland without stars. Or without a compass. Huh? Where's it at? What'd you do with it? Uh Uh-uh. No soap, Harry. You want that compass? You give me the shotgun. You hit it while you were outside just now. That's right, Harry. Tie him up, Harry. We can make him tell us where it is. You want to try, fat boy? You go ahead. Well, go on. You got all night. No, you know we haven't. Okay, Joe. You win. Oh, Harry. Shut up. All right, Harry, break the shotgun. Come on. Give me the barrels and I'll go get you the compass. They left a few minutes later. I didn't bother to wish him luck because I knew it wouldn't do any good. I put another blanket over the boy and went outside. It was just beginning to rain when I picked up the axe and started chopping away at one of the giant cypress trees. Might take all night. But tomorrow, that helicopter have a place to land. And I heard it. Like a ghost coming in from the gulf. Heading across the Everglades toward Miami. People in Lakeland would hear it about six minutes. Other people, too, clerical. And it was gone. For a moment, it was a real quiet night. Only for a moment. Suspense, in which Stacy Harris starred in tonight's presentation of Quiet Night. Listen again next week when we bring you another presentation of radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. <laughs> 